Shalom to the apple of Yahuwah's eyes. To the ones that Yahusha or Yahawashai, however you choose to pronounce it, wept over when our ancestors missed their time of their visitation of him as he walked the earth amongst them. This goes out to the true Yisrael. I am the Oracle 007. It is amazing to me when I consider the stark difference of those that the Most High Yah has brought before his people to minister or publish his word to the nation. Like, for instance, I would consider myself more of an eccentric person, although raised conservatively. I've always had my own style, my own personality, my only my own dry sense of humor, you know, but I've always had an ability to teach and inspire and creatively affect others so that it's always helped to inspire other people too, to inspire other people. I've always been able to galvanize no matter what. There's always been something about me and I've been aware of that and I'm happy about that that I've always been one person that was always called out. You know, Yah has always allowed me to serve his purpose on behalf of others. And for that, I'm grateful. Like he designed me the way that I am, just like he designed other following eccentric people who I would consider to be eccentric individuals. Like John the Baptist. Why is everybody else walking around wearing, you know, robes and he is wearing camels here with a leather belt eating honey and locust and locust as i understand it are not actually any insects but they're like some really rich nut even when if you consider moses he was someone who i understand had a speech impediment or stuttered Educated by Egypt, easily identifiable as a Hebrew child by his clothing. But he was a man of great temperament. He was moody, but he was also humble. And he loved the Most High with his whole heart. I love how Yah made Egypt fund everything from Moses' education to the exodus of our ancestors. And even let's consider the beautiful Sarah whose beauty caused kings and even a pharaoh to deliver great wealth into the hands of her husband, Abraham, to return her prior to ever touching her and giving them the choices, land and whatever it is that he so desired. And Abraham turned around and used that, created orchards and things like that to help people that were just traveling through. That's what we're supposed to do. Our distinctive attributes do not prevent us from being the most highest effective servants. Whether you have a problem with our voice or you don't like the way we look or anything like that, the most high made us who we're supposed to be. And I've only found that the people who get offended at that are people who despise the assignments that were provided individually by, again, the actual leader of this whole thing, and that would be the Most High Yah himself. Your calling is not to correct other people. Allow people to live the life that the Most High has provided and designed for them. We will reach people 
through the most high's ways and none other. I want to bless the most high Elohim that he instructs us in Joshua 1, 5 through 10 to be ye courageous. That That is, all of these things are like commandments, okay? And in Joshua 1, 5 through 10, it says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Sisters and brothers, I want you to remember that. Nobody is going to be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And he says, for as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will indeed lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to the ancestors to give to them. That's what you're going to do. We're coming around that time again. Do the will of the most high and nobody else. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate in it day and night so that you'll be careful to do everything that's written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Woo, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And that means don't let anybody discourage you. For the Lord, your Yah, your Elohim will be with you wherever you go. And if that wasn't enough, if, as if that was not enough, I don't know who needs to hear this. When the word of Yah came to me saying, and this, he says this here in Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 through 10. The word of the Lord or the word of Yah came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Does that give anybody else the right to sit here and chop you down in your gift? No. And he also says, before you were sanctified, I, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And it says here where Jeremiah says, oh Lord, behold, I cannot speak. I am just a youth and, but the Most High said to him, do not say I am a youth, for you will go to all that I have sent you. Whatever I've commanded you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. Don't be afraid of anybody in their face. He's with you. He is with us. He ordained you. Okay, it doesn't matter how nasty and filthy and despicable anybody's mouth is as it pertains to the gift that the Most High has put in you. You don't serve them. You don't go about them. If they don't like how long you talk, none of that. You do what the Most High has designed you to do. Do not be afraid of their faces for I'm with you to deliver you, says the Most High Yah. And the Yah put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the most high said unto me behold i have put my words listen to that i have put my words in your mouth because you belong to him see i have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms 
And I like that because it was one part that I was reading in the scriptures where it was talking about um, Elisha. And this is after he had already gained the mantle from Elijah. And he is telling one king, oh my goodness, and initially you would just honestly think it was rude, but you begin to see the power that is within the the servant, the true servant, okay? It seemed like there was a set of three kings that had gathered together, and he told him from the beginning, he said, if it had not been for this king, you wouldn't be in my face and I wouldn't be in yours, okay? So trust whatever the most high has given you. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth and see, I have set you. That prophet has been set over nations and over kingdoms. Okay. Everybody should be coming to you. We don't go to the president of the United States. We don't go to Vladimir, whoever. We don't do any of that. Everybody should be coming to the prophet. And if we're in our rightful place doing what we're supposed to be doing, listening, for the word of the most high in our spirit this is what should be happening we have been set over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out to pull down and to destroy and to throw down to build and to plant y'all it's only a wicked and deceitful heart with a desire for ill-gotten gains that would concern themselves with us unrighteously okay However, the distinction between who refers to themselves as servants and who is actually a serpent remains strong. So we're going to get into that discovery, okay? Let's get into this family. I am the Oracle 007, and yes, I do approve this message. Therefore, I'd like to ask you to like, comment, and subscribe to our channel that is dedicated to the truth. So, okay, y'all, come on, let's get into this. <laughs> Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Copyright Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. All right, family, I am now introducing to you my Buy Black segment. So for the finest in fly brew custom-made clothing, please go visit our brother K. Judah's website at the following, www.cleanupcrewcompany.com. Please do not forget, the brother can customize clothing in drip or whatever it is that you'd like. I've purchased these wares myself, and they are sturdy, soft, and built for the long haul. But I'm going to have to give the brother uh, some fly joggers because I'm going to need some of those with that custom on the side, okay? The Oracle 007 dripping down fabulously. 
must have. Okay. And also for our hair, skin, and nails self-care for everywhere. Y'all visit our sister Positive Reinforcement on her website. And that's going to be www.toptobottom.com. And top to bottom is spelled T-O-P, the number two. Bottom is spelled B-O-T-T-U-M. Dot com. She has testimonials and even Brother K. Judah has just recently stated that he purchased some of her products and he said it smelled good enough to eat. Now, I personally wanted him to taste it so he could give us a rundown. So go on, y'all. Get onto our dot coms and go on and get you some. If you have some business for me that will include testimonials, please let me know so that I can assist in promoting them for you. Now, keep in mind, this is my channel and all scrutiny of the promotion of your channel is up to me. The High Priestess and All-Powerful Oracle 007 of the CUC. <laughs> Don't forget, get that information to me ASAP. All right, family. Now, before we go into this episode, I'd like to announce some light housekeeping. I'm including some YouTube video pick recommendations that I've personally found to be very interesting, and I believe that you will too. Now, additionally, I've also included some educational references to help build our collection. They are often available in news stories, documentaries, hardbacks, or audiobooks that I absolutely love where you can listen while you work. And I believe that these things will continue to pique your interest. Now, let's be very honest yet mindful in the comment section, especially due to the fact that channels are being monitored. Unless I tell you your comment was crass and that it's going to be removed, more than likely, YouTube is removing it. And additionally, information shared here can also be found on the I Am The Oracle 007 podcast on Spotify and Odyssey through Linktree, which provides access to most of our Avenue connections on social media. So let's get started, shall we? These are my current recommendations. All of the following right here are for K. Judah's show, C-U-C Fope. This one was just recently done today. The Great Falling Way. You must, must listen. Okay. It is uh, very insightful and needless to say, extremely scary. It will make you want to live your life right for real and for sure. We also have the following. Do not live your life for people, but live your life for you and Yeshua. The next one, the 2300 Days Revisited. This is for his insight on the Daniel, Daniel uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 14. He even has a chart on the inside. If you want that chart, you will have to email Brother K. Judah. Okay? Eve ate the fruit of lies. BLM is a scam and the co-founder Patrice Colors exposed. I will include all of this information in my description box. Okay? And if you want a good hearty har har, please, I'm telling you, Moshe Ben Yehuda Israel is the one to do it. When I tell you, yes, it is three hours long, just pop it in. If you, you're having a down day, you want some good giggles, please go and listen to this. This particular one is the Monarch Butterfly Buffoonery, False Witness Madness, and Season of the... <laughs> season of the unhinged okay because good lord knows that we have had our share of experience with folks that are unhinged 
All right. And for our educational and entertainment references, Brother Yaquaba is coming out full-fledged, okay? He is giving you some history along with some scripture in his most recent uh, sermon. I don't know whether I should call it a sermon, a lesson, whatever he wants a teaching. And this one is called We're Not Crazy. Please go check these out. All right, now let's get into this. In this segment of Servants and Serpents, I wanted to take this moment to examine Elisha's servant Gehazi. Sadly, in this awakening with so much narcissism, and so many of us have family, family members, things like that, that we believe are on our team, you know, and they're actually not. And it's disturbing. You want to know, was there ever an example where someone here actually began to notice any red flags or anything like that? Because especially as it pertains to ministry, this can be scary. You hear so many doctrines going on. You hear so many things happening. You have no idea where it can lead a person. And then you have people with their own selfish ideas and going on that, again, you want to make sure that you're leading people the right way. You're leading people in the way that the Most High would have you to go. But it's so much information out there, so many different doctrines, so many things going on. It's terrifying. And you pray that you're always going in the right direction. You know, it's not our job to sit here and just simply correct people. But if there's a warning sign, why don't we know about it? Okay. People are oftentimes providing their representatives. Something is always happening. And although sometimes it can be hidden and you've seen it hidden sometimes for years, we're going to take a look and just to wonder and imagine how, how long had it been while Gehazi and Elisha were even together that what caused the change or was there a change? Because it's always the most high who's always examining the heart, right? Always. So these are just going to be some things that we're actually going to take a look at. So in Second Kings, we come into the knowledge of Gehazi pretty much after the Shunammite woman. And if you're not familiar with that story, there is a Shunammite woman in Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8, that he has decided, Elisha has decided he's going to pass through Shunem. There's a great woman there who constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by or turned into there to eat bread. And she said unto her man, behold, I perceive now that this is a Kodeshi of Elohim, which passes by us continuously. So let's make him a little chamber, I pray you on the wall, and let us set 
for him a bed there and a table and a stool and a menorah. And it shall be that whenever he comes to us, that he can just go in and turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he actually came thither and he turned into that chamber and lay there. Can you imagine the joy that he must have had on his heart? That, you know, not has she only been willing to service him. She she is just putting herself out like, I, hey, this is a good man. Something about him is giving me this, this vibe. And you know what? I want to go ahead and build this segment onto the house because this man here is, excuse me, y'all, is the representative of the most high. So let's go ahead and do all this for him. And I could imagine how he felt. He had his own little space in his own little spot. He didn't have to bother anybody, but it sounded like it was a joy for her to go ahead and serve him. And that's how it should be because that's the natural order of things. You don't just make preparations for just anybody. You know, you have to get a certain vibe and you have to feel that thing. Okay. And so after she's done all of this and he goes into that chamber, he then later on says to his servant Gehazi, here we are, we're hearing his name mentioned in verse 12. He said, call the Shunammite. And he, once he had called her, she stood before him. So she's standing in front of Gehazi and he called to him, to him and says, say, now unto you, behold, you have been careful with us for all of this. What is to be done for you? Would you be spoken to for the king or to the captain of the host? And she said, well, you know, I dwell among my own people. Like I really don't need anything. And then he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered and said, truly, she has no child and her man is old. And then he said, call her now listen to what happens this time when he had called her she stood at the door and then he said about this season according to the time of life you shall embrace the son and she said no my lord man of elohim do not lie to your handmaid and the woman conceived and bore a son at that season that elisha had said unto her according to the time of life okay isn't that something now later on it goes on into the story where he's telling us the following he said well it says here in verse 18 and when the child had grown it fell on the day that when he went out to his father to the reapers and he said unto his father my head my head and then he said the father saying to the to a lad carry him to his mother and when he had taken him he had brought him to his mother and he sat on her knee until noon and then died. Now, I thought this was an older child, but goodness, she had him on her knee and everything. Probably not. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of Elohim and shut the door upon him. And then she went out. She called to a man and said, send me, I pray you, one of the young men, one of the asses that I may go and run to the man of Elohim and come again. And he said, wherefore are you going to go with to him today? It's neither a new moon nor Shabbat. And she said, it shall be well. And she talked to him, even in this situation. And then she saddled her ass and said to her servant, drive, go forward. Slack not your writing for me, except I bid you 
That means don't stop. And so she went and came to the man of Elohim to Mount Carmel and came to pass. The man of Elohim saw her afar off and he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Run now, I pray you, to go and meet her and say unto her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your man? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. When she came to the man of Elohim on the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. You know, Gehazi concerns me in more ways than one. <sighs> the man of Elohim said to her, let her alone, to him, let her alone for her soul is vexed within her. Yahuwah has hidden it from me. It has not told me. And then she said, did I not desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? And when he said to Gehazi, he said to him then, gird up your loins, take my staff in your hand and go your way. Now, if you meet any man, salute him not. And if any, anybody salute you, answer him not again and lay my staff across the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as you who lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So she's not going anywhere without the prophet. Okay. So in this instance, even though Gehazi has been sent ahead, he arose. The prophet did, Elisha, and he's following her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, the child is not awoke. And when Elisha came into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in before, therefore, to shut the door upon them too, and prayed unto Yahuwah. And then he went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands, and stretched forth himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned walked in the house to and fro, went up again, and stretched forth himself upon him. The child sneezed then seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And when he called Gehazi, he said, Call the Shunammite. And so he called her. And when she was coming to him, he said, Take up your son. And then she went in, fell at his feet, bowed her head to the ground, and took up her son and went out. Does anybody have any questions? Because honestly, I do. I have two questions when I am reading up until the point where the Shunammite woman grabs the prophet by his feet. And I, get, I can't get past this. And it said, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. I don't know how long it's been since many of you have already left the church. I can remember leaving many years ago. And it is almost as if the ushers who should have ushered you into the presence, into the temple, they're no longer doing that. They are more like bouncers. And I understand that people can be difficult from time to time, but they are indeed bouncers or security force for like 
I don't know, drill rappers. This is how they act. Casting you away into outer darkness. And, and to the point where it is ridiculous and rude. So um, I'm wondering, how did he lose all of his empathy, his bedside manner? Did he forget who she was all of a sudden? Because here, when she came near to the man of Elohim in the hill, and I, I of course I put the near in there, to the hill she caught him by the feet but Gehazi came near to thrust her away why did you forget who she was this is the same woman that you never have to go stopping at the Marriott the Radisson the the I don't know what is it called the Red Barn or whatever it is you don't have to go there anymore because this woman has created and talked to her husband about putting a place up here on the wall for the man of Elohim to turn into. He doesn't have to be troubled. As a matter of fact, his needs, I'm certain, was supplied because if he had a room, he also didn't have to buy food. She has already supplied his needs. Okay? And he, in turn, giving her a word as it pertained to the child, supplied hers as well she didn't need for anything but it was the one thing that she didn't have that's a wonderful thing you don't need for anything and then you get blessed with something you know you got blessed with something that you didn't even really ask for that's a blessing did you forget that it says right here in verse 12 where it says he said and this is the prophet telling Gehazi he said to his Gehazi, to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And she said unto him, he said unto him, say now unto her, this is the prophet talking to Gehazi, telling him what to say to the woman. Behold, you have been careful for us. All this care. He's impressed. But if you notice, he says, you have been careful for us. That means you, you're not just taking care of the prophet. You're taking care of the prophet and his servant. Did you forget who this woman was when you came to thrust her off? Did How could you forget your bedside manner? How, how could you forget any empathy? And... and the, it's a shame because here it is. The man of Elohim has had to tell you, let her alone. Her soul is vexed within her. And Yahuwah has hid it from me and has not told me at this point. The fact that the prophet makes this statement lets me know. Okay. He is well aware something is now going on. <clears throat> Why would he be a prophet in Israel and not be told why this woman is coming to him? Okay, that's my first question. And I know it was loaded. Second question right here is a problem as well. Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the face of the child. Remember that part? But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him meet the prophet and the woman and told them saying the child is not awoke well why not you've been around me sir all this time 
I'm training you up, sir. What's going on? Why? And I know many of you would say, well, I mean, he's in training and blah, 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 blah. Uh Uh-uh. And I'm going to tell you to this why I disagree with that. (coughs) Excuse me. When Elisha was walking with Elijah, I want you to consider the following. This is second Kings as well. This is chapter two. And it came to pass that when Yahuwah will take up Eliyahu, who was Elijah in this case, into heaven <clears throat> by a whirlwind, that Eliyahu went with Elisha from Gilgal. Okay, they're traveling from Gilgal. And Eliyahu said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray you, for Yahuwah has sent me to Beethel. I believe this is Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as Yahuwah lives, listen to this, y'all. As Yahuwah lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Beit El. The sons of the prophets were at Beit El. Now, I want you to listen to this as well. And the sons of the prophets that were at Beit came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Know you that Yahuwah will take away your master from your head today? And he said, Yes, I know. Hold your peace. Listen, y'all. This is in Beit El. Okay? Now, he even the sons of the prophet <clears throat> knew this was going to happen. Why? couldn't Gehazi put the staff and then it wasn't his own staff it was the staff of Elisha on the child and healed the child that's all he had to do so let's go a little bit further still in chapter 2 verse 4 Elijah or Eliyahu comes back to Elisha again and says Terry here I pray you for you who has sent me to Jericho And then again, he says, as Yahuwah lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of a prophet, the prophets that were there at Jericho, said to Elisha and said to him, Know you that Yahuwah will take away your master from your head today? And he answered, Yes, I know. Hold your peace. Again. So we've now been in Bethel. We're now in Jericho. How come the sons of the prophets are where? I, Elijah is their head. He is the servant to Elijah. He knows and they all know. Because the Most High is talking to all of them. Okay. Eliyahu. Or Elijah now returns to him one more again. Verse 6. Terry, I pray you, hear, for Yahuwah has sent me to the Yarden. And he says, again, as Yahuwah lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And they too went on. He went the distance, okay? 
And the 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they stood by the Jordan. This is very important to me. And Eliyahu took his mantle, wrapped it together, smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither. So that the two, they two, you know how you, you have that little crew. So let's say there's five of you. But you know what? There's one or two that you keep close in your circle for your own reasons. You know who's going to go the distance with you, right? Eliyahu took his mantle <clears throat> and smote the waters. They were divided hither and thither so that the, they too went over on dry land. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Eliyahu said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I get taken away from you. So even Elisha, I mean, even Elijah is aware, I'm going to be taken out of here today. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your Ruach be upon me. Oh my gosh, okay. And then he said, if you have asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so unto you. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass that as they still went on, because he's still going the distance with him, that's a servant. You understand what I'm saying? He's still going the distance here with him. Okay. And it came to pass that this still went on and behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, horses of fire that parted them both asunder. And Eliyahu went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Yasharil and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, rent them into two pieces, took up the mantle of Eliyahu that fell from him <clears throat> and went back, stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Eliyahu that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is Yahuwah Elohai of Eliyahu? When he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. When I'm asking the question here, why couldn't Gehazi? perform such a miracle when he was already equipped with Elisha's staff. The reasoning is because after that mantle fell from Elisha, it fell straight into the hands of Elisha. He asked that question, where is Elohim? Okay. And he's able to now smite the waters, part them, come over from the Jordan back to the sons of the prophet. He should have been able to do that. The man was here with him. At this point, would you not agree? There's a circle turning in Alicia's head. Something is not right. This man was unable to take something that I had and place it on this child 
and bring him back. All right. Let's go on to chapter five. We want to look at whether Gehazi proves himself as a servant or a serpent. All right, we're here in chapter five now, where it says, Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Aram, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him, Yahuwah had given deliverance unto Aram. He was also a mighty man in valor, but remember the but, he was a leper. And the Aramaeum had gone out by companies and they brought away a captive of the land of Yasharel, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's woman. And she said to her mistress, Would to Elohim my Lord were with the prophet that is in Shamaron, for he would recover him of leprosy. And one went in, told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid of that is of the land of Yashrael. And the king of Aram said, Go to, go, and I will send a sefer unto the king of Yashrael. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, 10 changes of raiment. Like he, he was planning, hey, I'm gonna get down while I'm out here in this town. And he brought the sefer to the kings of Yasharel. Now when the sefer has come unto you, behold, I have wherewith sent Naaman my servant to you that you may recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass that when the king of Yasharel had read the sefer, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I Elohim to kill and make alive that this man sends unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray thee, see how he seeks to quarrel against me. I can understand that. I can understand why he was feeling like this, but it's like, um, keep that in your thoughts. Again, the little girl told them, if my Lord were with the prophet that is in Shomeron, it didn't say you. <clears throat> and, and, and my thing is, as the king, you should have known who to go to. Why are you tearing up your clothes? Come on. Kings, I, this is going to have to be another whole lesson. Kings ought to know how to think and think things through and think things through well without freaking out. Th- this was just... I'm feeling some kind of way about this king's actions, okay? And it was so, let's go into verse 8. Let me get over that for just a moment. And it was so that when Elisha, the man of Elohim, had heard that the king of Yasharel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, wherefore, you've rent your clothes. Now let him come now to me, and he shall know that there's a prophet in Yasharel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. It amazes me. I don't know if this is just a respect thing. Is this just something that you do at prophets? They stand at the door of the house. And I don't know. I don't know why that is, but for some reason, it's just something that I took notice to. And Elisha sent a messenger to him. Now he's at the door of the house, but Elisha sent the messenger unto him and said, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall come again to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman was wroth. 
he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand, call on the name of Yahuwah Elaheyu, strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Papar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Yasharel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in a rage. You know what? It's amazing how we will need the Most High to do something for us, but we decide how this thing is going to go. I need him to come out there and slap my head and say, Be God, and call on the name of Yahuwah in the name of Yahuwah, Elohayu, and, and this is how this thing is supposed to happen. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. But I like Naaman, and I'm going to tell you why. Naaman is a man who actually listens even to his servants, even to his subordinates. Okay, even though he is a man that is in charge. And I like this because the scriptures mention the fact in the beginning in of chapter five, like we're in it starting in verses one through two. And it says he was a man of valor. So this is no sorry dude. Okay, he's not somebody who just will okay, a noodle back person. This is a man, man. Okay. But he has the wisdom and capacity enough to listen to the little maid, to listen to his servants. And I want you to see that here. His servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had bid you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he says to you, wash and be clean. So after listening to his servants, this is why I like him. He's a man, man, and he can hear what his servants are saying. And he uses wisdom. He didn't say, shut up, go off with your head. You are nobody to me. You need to just shut up because I am the head dude here. That's not what he said. He listened. And it says, and then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the yard and according to the saying of the man of Elohim. And look, his flesh came again like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. And this time he's not so offended. He returns to the man of Elohim and to all of his company with all of his company and he stood before him. Now he's standing before him. Okay. To show proof. He's not just standing at the door and he just didn't send out a, a messenger to go give him the word. Now he's standing in front of him. Same thing like what happened to the great lady. Naaman is a great man with his master, the king from Aram. And then here, this woman was a great woman. It said a certain woman, she was a great woman in her land in Shunammite. Okay. And let's get back to this. He says in verse 15, he returned to the man of Elohim, he and all his company and came and stood before him. And he said, behold, now I know there is no Elohim in all the earth, but in Yasharel now. Therefore, I pray you take a blessing of your servant. But here is Elisha speaking, saying, as Yahuwah lives, pay attention to that. Elisha says this, as Yahuwah lives, 
before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, shall there not then, I pray you be given to your servant, two mules, burden of earth. So he's asking for some earth upon two mules. For your servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other Elohim, but unto Yahuwah. I wonder why he did that. Is it because they serve another God in the land that he is in? More than likely that land would be cursed, but he would take some earth back with him from the land of Yasharel so that he could set up a burnt offering for Yahuwah upon his own earth. Isn't that something? I mean, I, I just think that's something. And this thing, Yahuwah, pardon your servant. Now he's he's begging and he's pleading. There's something going on in this brother's heart right here. When he says, henceforth, offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto any other Elohim, but unto Yahuwah. And in verse 18, in this thing, Yahuwah, pardon your servant. He's asking the Most High that when my master goes into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leans on my hand and I bow myself in the house of Ramon. When I bow myself down into the house of Ramon, Yahuwah, pardon your servant in this thing. This thing is hurt. Listen, I feel this pain. Because there's a time like that that's going to be coming for us. Okay? There's a time like this that's coming for us. So you feel this. And he's saying, Yahuwah, pardon your servant in this thing. And so Elisha speaks to him and said, go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. But listen, here we go. Of servants and of serpents, those who call themselves servants and want to tell you and brag about you, brag about themselves to you about who they are. Can you please tell me why? Because here we go. This man is serving under the prophet of Yasharel. And he says here in verse 20, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of Elohim said, behold, my master has spared not almond this Aramaeum, not receiving at his hands that which he brought. And listen to what he says. But as Yahuwah lives, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Really? Did you really put the Most High's name in here? Okay? You, you're supposed to be a servant, but you've proven yourself a serpent. See where I'm going with this? And then, swearing by the name of the Most High, but as Yahuwah lives, this is just what Elisha just did. He just did this. As Yahuwah lives, I will receive nothing. But Gehazi says, but as Yahuwah lives, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. I'm going to take something. I'm going to come back with something. You just <laughs> inserted yourself or possibly messed up somebody's testimony. How could you do this? Anyway, let's give it a little second. Let me clear my throat.
again, I have to get back into this. Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, and this is in verse 21 of 2 Kings chapter 5. Gehazi followed after Naaman, when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot and met him and said, is all well? And he said, all is well. My master has sent me, saying, behold, even now there have come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of prophets, Give them, I pray you, talents of silver and two changes of garment. Listen to me. You got one over here saying, as Yahuwah lives, I will receive nothing. You have a man's spirit hanging in the balance here because he's crying out to him, asking him, Yahuwah, I'm asking you to forgive me. Because when my master goes to bow down before this idol, and he's going to take my hand. I'm going to have to go down with him. And he says, be at peace. And you come in here, sir. And you mess up this entire testimony that he could have taken back to the king so that they would truly know that there was a Yasharel. There was a Yahuwah and a prophet in Yasharel. Okay. You came in between all of that. You know, just like when people think, like if we were to just run around to other people's uh, stuff for things that we didn't believe in, we don't do that. We don't insert ourselves in stuff. You don't know what's going on. For you to sit here and to do something like that, I don't think that he weighed what he actually did because of his greedy, disgusting, vile, and filthy heart. Now, I believe that the prophet now sees why when the woman's child had passed, why this happened. Now, I believe he started to see in that moment when he could not lay the staff across the face of the child and bring him back. He would not have been willing to even do the extra work where it says that the prophet had to walk back to and fro in the house, lay his body over his body to bring him back to life. You see how you can go in with your antics, your selfishness, your ridiculousness, and you can go in and ruin somebody else's testimony. Naaman is going through it in his spirit. He's going to be convicted every time he goes into the house of this idol at the house of Ramon, where his leadership is bowing down to, but he is now in the military service. He is a man of valor. He is going to have to do this very thing. Because the king trusts him and leans on him. What a wonderful testimony wouldn't it have been if he said the man took nothing. But now you've inserted his name and you said. Well, my master has sent me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You liar. Okay. 
Now Naaman tells him to be content, take two talents. He urged him, bound the two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants and they bore them before him. This is in verse 23, y'all going into 24. When he came to the tower, he took them from their hands, bestowed them in the house. So he's living in a tower. It's not good enough, right? Bestowed them in the house, meaning that he hid them away and then let the men go and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master and Elisha said to him, Whence come you, Gehazi? Where did you come from? And he said, Your servant went nowhere. Your servant? Did you just call yourself my servant, sir? Your servant went nowhere? More lies. I guess it appeared with them being in the same company for so long and Alicia being blind to this for so long i believe personally up until the child when he says her soul is vexed within her and yahuwah has hidden it from me something is going on he's wondering why was it hidden and i believe it was hidden all to show him who his purported servant was me personally that's my belief okay he said your servant went nowhere no you're not my servant and he said unto him went not my heart with you when the man turned again from his chariot to meet you is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants and then he he asked that question and immediately went into the curse now the leprosy therefore of naaman shall cleave unto you listen y'all as if this wasn't bad enough in verse 27 the leprosy therefore of naaman shall cleave unto you and unto your seed forever and he went out from his presence as a leper white as snow let me repeat this white as snow as a leper he went out of his presence i'm standing here talking to you listen i am standing here talking to you one you lied on me two you sat here and you swore by the name of Yahuwah as Yahuwah lives if I don't receive anything from him today. Three, you come back. Where did you go? Your servant went nowhere. Then you lied and called yourself my servant. No, 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 sir. You serve yourself. You serve your cause, your purpose. That's what you did, sir. We are standing here talking. And I was here minding my beautiful black business, you beautiful and black. And then all of a sudden, for what you have done, I have gone from asking you the following question. 
Is it this time to receive the money, garments, olive yards, vineyards, sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? Is it that time? The leprosy and right into that, right after that verse 26 into 27, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto you and to your seed forever for this wickedness. More than likely that you, it is wickedness. You are serving yourself. You would never serve the people of the most high. Do you see what I'm saying here? The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto you and to your seed. Was it worth it for two talents and two changes of clothes? My servants that I had to send back with you. While this man's soul is over here hanging in the balance because he doesn't want to go into his own place where they worship with the king anymore. Because now he knows the only living Yah. The only living Elohim is our Yahuwah of Yasharel. And you sat here and got in between this. You keep telling people, keep playing these childish games. Keep doubling down in your foolishness. Right there. Uh, we are sitting here having a talk, being our beautiful black selves. And then the scripture says he went out from his presence as a leper, white as snow. He walked out like that. You're lying telling me when I'm asking you, where were you? But then you leave out white as snow. I hated, I, I didn't even think that Elisha had a break in between there. Again, all I can do is question how quickly this whole thing just happened. You didn't even see it coming. Now, what I will say is later on, even though this thing has been pronounced, it's not going to lift, period, pretty much. You accepted something that you shouldn't have accepted. And you need to learn that when the Most High says it's not time to receive stuff, you need to watch what you're receiving. You receive things in the wrong time that are not necessarily belonging to you, just like Israel had done one time. And I cannot remember the name of the young man. I keep wanting to say it's Achan or something like that. Took something that he was not supposed to take from an accursed place. Okay. When he took what he was taking from the accursed place and he wasn't supposed to, it said, don't take anything, but it was too shiny and too pretty. And he had to go and hide it in his tent. He caused him and his entire family to be taken out of this world. Because you receive from that accursed thing, from that accursed land. Now, what happened later on, had he just waited during the next battle that they went into, they were able to take the spoils. And then he could have kept all that nice and shiny stuff. And him and his family should have been here. But see, if you did it, that means your little boy or your little daughter is probably going to do something like that later on. Okay. And if I had to say this and speak to this thing, honestly, I would have to say that more than likely, that's probably one of the reasons one of our foremothers did not make it. Okay. And that would be Rachel. Was it Leah and Rachel? I don't want to get anything mixed up. 
But Jacob's two wives, the one that had born Benjamin and Joseph, okay? If you recall at the very beginning, she's leaving. As they are leaving, her father is looking for his idols because she was on her cycle. She had taken them. She took them with her. What was that going to do for those two boys being raised up in her house? Why were you taking those things when this is no longer supposed to even be your beliefs? Okay, this shouldn't have been your beliefs in the beginning. But this is what I'm talking about. There's a dangerous thing. She died later on, but that was one of the reasons that I believe that it may have happened. We have to be mindful when we're touching accursed things. You don't know what was going on in Ramon, in Aram, in the land that he was coming from, but they had to send him to your prophet. And before you just let that thing go, who knows what the blessing would have been later on? Because if I were to speak honestly, later on in chapter eight, I believe that <clears throat> Gehazi, chapter eight of second Kings is having an audience with the king and the king <clears throat> is being regaled by all of these stories that he's telling him that the prophet Elisha has done. Now, earlier, the prophet Elisha has told that same Shunammite woman, there's about to be a famine in the land. So we need for you to go ahead and set up shop somewhere else, go somewhere else. And she did. She went away for seven years, but honey, she's emboldened now. Okay. She comes back with her son and she wants all her stuff back. While Gehazi is talking with the king in chapter eight, verse four of the second Kings, it says, and the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of Elohim saying, tell me, I pray you all the great things that Elisha has done. And it came to pass that as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead body to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my Lord, O king, this is the woman. This is her and her son whom Elisha restored to life. And then the king asked the woman and she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer saying, restore all that was hers, all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. Isn't that something? He was able to do that much. Imagine he would have had an audience before the king eventually. He would have probably been somewhere eventually. But instead of proving himself as a servant in that moment, he proved himself as a serpent and he intermingled himself in something he wasn't supposed to be mingled into. And what you did was you caused a problem, a major problem, because that gentleman, 
Naaman should have gone back to his land bragging about how the most high servant Elisha received nothing. Who knows what would have happened after that had he not intervened, felt like he was doing something, doubled down, did this shenanigans. Who knows what else would have happened. Now, Elisha was going to go on to do what he did. Okay. Elisha was going to go on receiving that double portion of what Elisha had of his Ruach. But you, not so much. You've caused a curse to fall on yourself. People have got to be mindful with how they handle other people and with how you handle yourself when you call yourself and refer to yourself as a servant of the Most High Yah. Be mindful. Think about this story before you think about sitting here lying on somebody. And then it's like that song, uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. And that one verse where they said, dealing in dirt and stealing in the name of the Lord. Be mindful of what you're doing. Okay? Family, peace and blessings to you. We love you. We bless you. I hope you got something out of this lesson. I hope it served you in the way that it needed to. Okay? Shalom. Have a most beautiful, beautiful week and be blessed.